All right, what is up, guys? <clears throat> Time for another episode of Closer to Heaven 92. Sorry about that. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the love of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to be touching on the love of the other prophets, right? And so specifically, right, we notice that Christ... Through, through his love, right? When you see a wrathful preacher going, if you have an, an affair, you're going to hell. Well, right? Mankind does not dictate the ultimate uh, true statement when it comes to who goes to heaven and who goes to hell is God chooses, right? One example of this is the thief on the cross, right? Christ says, good news, buddy. Because you got crucified next to the Messiah, You'll be with me in eternity. You'll be with me in paradise today. Lucky, lucky guy, right? And so understanding that God chooses who uh, gets in and or doesn't, right? That's that's important, right? It's not a priest that can tell you. It's not the president. It's it's no one. No man can tell you. Only God gets to gets to. This is the definition of divine sovereignty, right? Divine, omnipotent sovereignty belongs to God and God alone. He chooses how it goes, right? He chooses the yeses and the noes. And so understanding that uh, the wrathful hellfire preachers, right, while it is uh, contained in parts of the Bible and God, yes, as a minor aspect that he he's very reluctant. He's very slow to get to the point that he's willing to be wrathful towards people. It takes him a long period of time. In the Bible, uh, we see that it takes, right, long periods of time, 50 to 80 years sometimes, right, uh, in pagan cultures or uh, pagan, let's see, atheist cultures, right, non-believing cultures, right? And so uh, understanding that that, the, you know, the realms of grace, the realms of love, that's where God likes to hang out, right? To put it uh, as an analogy, right? Well, God loves to hang out. He loves to stay in the room with love, mercy, compassion, grace, right? But after a while, he sees that they're not going to change, right? And out of this love, right, uh, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so if you read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right, you may think, well, what do you mean? How, how could that be love? Well, it's love because God would not let Sodom and Gomorrah corrupt the rest of the land. They would not, he, God would not let uh, the sinfulness of Sodom and Gomorrah spread and corrupt the rest of his children. And so out of love, and yes, wrath, right? Wrath is in there as, as a portion of it, right? But uh, he he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So understanding this is important when we, when we go through walking through the, uh, the analysis of love and how cultivating the merits that I'm talking about and holding close to the, holding them close to your heart, right? Being uh, similar to God in some ways where we're not really quick to give wrath, but Hey, 
if someone tries to get you fired, right? Well, and they're doing it from a point of injustice. For example, I just had a friend who uh, he was talking to a lady at his work and uh, his boss was also talking to the, that lady and that lady liked my friend. And so the boss instantly starts to use his power in a corrupt, unjust manner. Okay. So now we're, now we're uh, getting contributing factors in there, right? We've got corruption. We've got human free will. We've got injustice, right? He's doing something wrong and he's attacking you, right? So Christians, we are asked to bring justice, right? By Christ Jesus, there is justice in there. And justice is uh, cultivated out of love. It's not indifference that will make someone want to bring justice. It's love, right? I, I care about that person. I care about my community, right? And that sort of caring spirit comes from love itself. It is quite shocking how many uh, things can be traced back to the core foundation of love itself, the love of Jesus Christ, that divine, reckless love that will go out and bring justice, right? And so uh, my, my friend is uh, asking for advice, and I said, absolutely, at 100%, you can, you can uh, defend yourself and stand on the side of justice and fight for your job, right? That's okay. Now, uh, prior to that, right, as Christians, we want to try and talk to the person say, hey, uh, you know, what's going on? This is not, this is not okay for you to be using, right, your powers in a corrupt way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it is the last thing we want to do to get in that wrathful point where, you know, uh, but sometimes, right, you will be forced into a corner where even as Christians, right, you will have to, you will have to stand up for yourselves, defend yourselves, right? And so uh, Jesus Christ does not really do this. You could say he does it when uh, the bandits are threatening him on the road and he says, don't you know that I could call a legion of angels and destroy you right now? And they, they run off. But... Right. Christ is an example of loving, mercy, compassion, pacifism. Right. So while uh, justice is not often uh, displayed in Christ, you could reference the turning of the tables as an example of Christ bringing justice. He says, hey, you cannot corrupt these tables. You cannot corrupt this temple because the corruption of the temple will lead to the corruption of my flock. And since indeed they were corrupting the flock, now they have walked into the realms of God's wrath. And so uh, <sighs> Jesus, Jesus busts in the door out of nowhere. And, you know, those, the money changers are probably thinking, God is never going to show up. And then, boom, Jesus shows up, overturns their tables, and uh, drives them out of the temples, right? And, and if you think just how humorous, right, and how incredible, right, you've got the, that scene in your head might be, right, uh, you've got the disgruntled believers in the church going, man, when is God going to strike these guys? You've got the money changers going, 
ha ha ha, we're getting away with it. And then, you know, Christ, Christ comes on the scene as the hurricane of the Lord. And, uh, you know, you've got the, the money changers going, oh, it's, it's divine retribution. It's divine justice. The, the will of God has come into our, our temple. Pretty amazing. Pretty funny. And uh, yes, situations like that happen every day. Right. Uh, God. Right. You, you, you might find yourself saying, well, I haven't seen the Red Seas part. Well, God doesn't need to part the Red Seas, right? God is, uh, well, he's, he's a smooth operator, right? God can take a pebble and move a boulder. So it, it may be very subtle. It may uh, not always involve, right, uh, miracles that defy physics and the laws of nature, right? The laws of nature that God himself made. So if you can imagine that, uh, he doesn't like bending those laws often, right? He's a, he, he has a, a lot more subtle ways of doing it than just uh, grandiose displays of power, etc. But, right, this sense of justice, uh, right, it comes from his God, Christ's love. You will not corrupt my flock. So there is the wrath, right? But there is justice asked by Christ. So that's very important to understand as you walk through the days of your life, right? But we're not trying, Christians, we're not, our hearts aren't centered on, yes, I want to go be wrathful. Yes, I want to make this other person look small. Yes, I want to defeat this other person. Those are like the last, they're opposite to the modus operandi, the standard operating procedures of Christians. They're the last resort that Christians use, right? It's not where we want to be. It's not where we want our, to live our lives from. But sometimes in life, Christians will find themselves in a corner. And in that corner, right, don't ever uh, lose sight of what Christ would do sometimes, where he would back away from the situation and say, you know what? If you want to take my job from me, then here it is. Is there anything else I can give you too? Right. And this is one example, right? But it is the Messiah's example. So oftentimes, right, when you have the option to hop down in the mud and roll in the mud with the pigs, right? 70% of the time, something like that, you absolutely can do that. And it is a way of keeping your own spirit pure, right? Going through battle after battle. And I guess what I'm saying is pick your battles carefully, right? Because you don't want to fight every battle where this guy's making fun of you. Well, I've got to fight him. Now this guy's making fun of you. Now you got to fight him, right? So et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this guy's spreading rumors. This guy's trying to, to whatever, right? There's going to be a million uh, people, a million little agents of sin, whatever, trying to sneak their way into your life. And sometimes the best option is to just take your hands off the situation, back off and say, I'm not going to do what you guys are doing. I'm not interested in playing your sinful game. If you want to go be sinful, right? Well, that's fine, right? But when it comes down to something very important to you, right? Yes, right. Christ asks for justice. So knowing when, right, and uh, understanding the 
examples that God sets, right? Long, long, right? It's the last thing he does, right? He sends prophets. He sends warnings. He sends love. He sends mercy. He sends everything before Christians, we, we engage in the, the wrathfulness, right? <clears throat> but eventually, right, uh, like I said, that point will come in, in, a, in a person's life, right? But be sure to understand that oftentimes keeping your spirit pure will involve not partaking in sinful actions, even though you may think, man, right, while, while it's right in front of your face, it may seem like a big deal. But when you take a step back, you say, you know, I don't care about that at all, actually. He, they can have that. She can have that. I don't care. Bye-bye. Whatever. Who cares? Right? And that sort of mentality is going to really keep you focused on your own dreams, your own goals, God's purpose for you, God's design for your life. And that when you're not just, right, when you lay down these other things like worrying about, uh, the crows that are chasing you in your life, worrying about the, the antagonists in your life who are just uh, criticizing you and trying to bring you down. You just stop, you just turn your ears off. You just stop caring so much about them and you keep your the, the main focus on your life centered on God and your own dreams, right? And things that are actually really important, your your family, your work, your character, things like that. You might find yourself moving from a pace of walking or stumbling even to full out running towards the will of God. And instead of, you know, taking 10 years to accomplish your dreams, you accomplish it in closer to three, something like that. And so understanding, right, that there are gears to Christianity that we utilize to produce a, an abundant harvest is important. No, we don't just let people uh, walk on us and abuse us all the time but some of the time that will be uh in our uh lives give me one second So uh, this is why it's so important to keep a firm center and a, a, a sincere focus on love in your life, right? If you're just seeking out those battles and those fights all the time, you might find yourself getting emotionally drained, mentally drained, spiritually muddy, right? Uh, you, you were fighting and they hurt you, uh, like emotionally or mentally, something like that, right? But... If you just avoided the fight, you wouldn't have to have put your exposed yourself, right? You wouldn't have had to get involved to the level where you were even more exposed than you were previously, etc. So there's a lot of wisdom in picking your fights um, selectively, right? Not just uh, sinking down into the level of other people all the time. 
and right uh, soaring high on the wings of eagles that sort of uh, uh, hints at it right but there are many other uh, suggestions right or hints contained within the Bible pointing to that so let's continue um, all right give me one second here <clears throat> 